culture. What is it? How do we shape it? And why is it so critical? You could fill an entire library with books related to culture and how leaders influence it. Or you could listen to this episode of the Assistant Principal Podcast with our special guest, Brad Coleman. Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Buskey. The goal of this podcast is to help improve the life and leadership of assistant principals. This podcast complements APEX, the Assistant Principal Acceleration Program, but you certainly don't need to be an APEX member to find value in the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Brad Coleman, the principal of Sand Hills Middle School, just outside of Columbia, South Carolina. And Brad's here with us today to examine school culture. Hello, Brad. Hi, Frederick. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this discussion. Can you tell us briefly how you got to where you are today? Well, I started out as a teacher uh, and a coach. Um, had the opportunity to, to work in the Aiken County School System uh, first before coming to Lexington 4. I uh, had a unique opportunity to, to work with Dr. Robert Maddox. He was our uh, head football coach, and he brought me to, to Swansea. But then uh, just recently, he brought me back to, to Swansea, Sand Hills Middle School as a principal, but had a huge opportunity to go back to my high school uh, after I left Swansea to be the head football coach and athletic director and spent uh, eight wonderful years uh, back in back in my, my home school. Uh, after that, I, I started transitioning, thinking about my future and then and went back to school, got my master's in administration and um, was an assistant principal at Pine Ridge Middle School for two years. Uh, and then uh, luckily the, the principal retired and, and they hired me. I served six additional years there. Um, I guess I did a pretty good job because my superintendent wanted to, to move me and, and do the things that, that I'd done there at the high school. Uh, and I did that and then had opportunity to go to Edisto High School. Spent two years there as the principal before returning to Sand Hills Middle School. Wow, that's a lot of experience packed into not too long of a career. So I want to begin today a bit differently. Um, I think when people hear about a principal who is a football coach, they make a lot of assumptions, some of those good and maybe some of those not so good. And before we dig in, I really want people to understand the kind of human being you are. Your office is full of trophies, awards, and all kinds of memorabilia. But a year ago, when I was in your office, I asked you what the most important award in there was, and your answer really moved me. Can you share with listeners what the most special thing is hanging in your office? The award that uh, I got when I when I left here from from a dear friend, John Petrie, is our he was athletic director and uh, a great mentor. And uh, um, we had an when I left here, I thought that was kind of it, and we wouldn't see each other again. But we had the opportunity to bring him um, back to to work at at uh, Brooklyn Casey High School, where he got a chance to coach his sons and uh, uh, that was a wonderful memory and time for him and then his life unfortunately got cut short and shortly after that opportunity he was his, his life was taken from us too short but uh, just a wonderful man and uh, wonderful memories. And the reason I, I think that's so powerful is because among all those awards that are about you the one that really means the most is the one that that came from someone else that, that for you, you associate it, that it's about them. And I just think that's a, a really cool part of being human, 
but also talks about your leadership that isn't about you. It's really about those other people. So this podcast is built around the principles of strategic leadership, prioritizing purpose over urgency, addressing problems, not symptoms, driving incremental progress rather than big change, and focusing on people instead of tasks. And Brad, I mean, cult culture is all of this, right? Whether we choose to focus on our priorities or the urgent things, do we take the time to ask why and uncover root problems? Are we being intentional and in taking the actions that have an impact? And are we truly focused on growing people? Culture impacts all of those things. So you came into a school that had a lot of change. I think you were the fourth principal in five years. How did you approach the situation and why did you approach it in the way that you did? Well, first thing I do in all of the schools that I've been fortunate to take over, this is the fourth school now that I've been a principal at, is first I want to gain an understanding of, of the school. Uh, what are their strengths? What are their uh, challenges? What do they value? Uh, I, I usually do that through uh, lots of conversation. Uh, unfortunately, when I took over here, we were in the midst of COVID and we were shut down. So we did a lot of uh, digital analysis where I just asked them, you know, what are, what are some raves? What are the best things about Sand Hills Middle School? What are your rants? Uh, what resolves do you have? Or what reflections do you have? Um, because it's all about, you know, um, it's okay to complain and, and be frustrated, but you need to come with some solutions as well. So I listened and I formulated a plan very similar to the takeovers that I've done in other places. Um, uh, I've had proven results and it all centers around a positive behavioral interventions and support school, being a PBIS school. Uh, I was doing MTSS before the uh, State Department uh, claimed it because we were always working on the behavior side and the academic side because they're so, uh, they're so integral and they're so, they're so you know, you can't separate the two of them. Um, so really, I, I did what I've, I've always done. Um, the first school that I took over, uh, uh, Pine Ridge Middle School, we, we were able to develop a, a plan there. And a, a, I wouldn't call it a package or, or anything else, but it kind of is. I mean, I do some consulting too, and I, I do a lot of PBIS trainings with school districts and other schools in the district and, and outside the district. And uh, we've kind of put together a, a plan that works. And um, it worked at a middle school. It worked at two different high schools. I said, we're going we're gonna to do the same things here because we all had the same problems. We had low morale. We had discipline issues. We had, we had a lack of communication and consistency. And uh, so we put our plan into to action. So in those schools, is it pretty much the same three rants? Um, lack of communication, discipline problems, and um, I, I didn't take notes yeah. fast enough. The third one. Yeah, that, that's it. Attendance is also, you know, you know, bottom line, students didn't want to come to school. Teachers didn't want to come to school. Mm. So obviously you've got a, you've got a climate and culture problem. And, and so your, your first major approach to that then is working with kids and building this positive behavior supports for kids because that takes the pressure off teachers. Exactly. I mean, first you, you've got to, in a lot of ways, you have to change your mindset. Uh, you know, not everyone is, is geared to, to be a positive person and look for the good. I think teachers generally, we, we just all, we're all kind of wired to, to see what wrong, what's wrong first. You, you see that student that's talking out, 
but, but you don't see the other 12 to 15 students that are completely engaged. So again, the, the biggest thing is changing that mindset from the positive first, find the good. Uh, I tell our teachers, I tell our students, you know, school is hard now. We've got to find the good every single day and we've got to celebrate it uh, or we won't make it to retirement. They won't make it to graduation. Um, so it's a two-way street there. But so again, what, is, all, what are some things that you do to help them find that good, to shift that mindset? Well, we, we try to follow the research-based uh, um, where you want to have four to one. You want to have four positives to any one negative. Uh, so we've built in, uh, through our PBIS program, we've built in acknowledgments. Uh, I don't care who you are. Everyone likes to be acknowledged positively. So in that classroom, what that looks like is uh, we use a gold card system where students earn signatures uh, centered around our school-wide expectations. If they're meeting those expectations, then they get signatures. Uh, sometimes I have to do on-the-spot um, expectations to remind our teachers, hey, this is what we're looking for today. We've had a little dip in, in tardiness. I want you to sign for every student that's early for your class, something along those lines. And then students get to turn those in for privileges and then we do the same thing. If you're going to do that for the students, I'm a big believer in no double standards. You've got to do it for your staff members as well. So we have gold cards for our students. We have purple cards for our teachers and teachers can earn purple cards. Um, again, by doing what we're paid to do, but just acknowledging, thank you for uh, coming to meet with this parent. Thank you for attending this IEP meeting. Uh, thank you for being on duty on time and supervising students and greeting students and telling them hello. Um, those kinds of things. And then they have a menu where they can they can turn them in to wear jeans an extra day, or if they need to slip out a few minutes early, uh, they can turn in a gold card. Um, so it's again, it's just about acknowledging. Um, you know, PBIS, a lot of people refer it as a thank you initiative. And that's usually when I take over a school, I just flood it with acknowledgements and thank yous. Um, I see the maintenance guys cutting the grass. I'm going to stop. I'm going to go to the refrigerator. I'm going get to get water and get a snack. And I'm going out there and I'm just going to thank them for doing what they're supposed to do. That's how you change culture with just little things um, like that. I want to kind of reemphasize, I think, that, that point because I've heard teachers so many times, well, I'm not going to reward the kids for doing what they should do which is the complete opposite message, right? That you're sending is that we definitely want to reward people for what they're doing, because that's how you reinforce that behavior. And I think motivate people to keep going, especially when it gets hard. And, and in some, I don't, I hesitate to call it a reward system because I don't, I think the way you're doing it, it really is more of a um, kind of behavior support system, but I've seen people that are really stingy on those that, well, I'm only going to give special people or special instances my signature. And what you're saying is, man, look for every reason you can to sign those gold cards and get that four to one and, and continue to communicate through multiple ways that these are all the good things that are happening and we're going to celebrate you and we're celebrating what's happening in our school. Yeah, I, I agree. You do have to, um, you do have folks, just like you said, we, we still have them today. And I think to change that behavior, again, you have to model it. Um, you have to, you have to go in when I'm in the classrooms observing, I'm signing gold cards. Uh, teachers pick up on that, uh, right away. Um, we do on the spot, um, 
little uh, called the Gold Prize Patrol. We'll come around, me and my assistant principal, Miss Stonehouse, and we'll have um, some snacks or, or little candies or, you know, nothing uh, crazy. But we'll just look, peep in classrooms and we see a lot of gold cards out and we see a teacher signing gold card. We'll, we'll go in there and we'll, we'll have a little party. Everybody gets snacks that has their gold card out. Um, and again, again, no double standards. You've got to do the same thing to your teachers. Our teachers, I think if you would ask them here, uh, we treat them well. Uh, we take care of them, not just on Teacher Appreciation Week, which happens to fall next week. We take care of them every day. And if we do that to our teachers, we expect them to do the same thing for the students. And, and they, they do. Hmm. So how different is building a culture of excellence in an athletic or arts program from building a culture of excellence in a school? I don't think it's different at all, Frederick. Um, you know, I'm, I'm who I am. I've, I've, I've not, I've evolved, I've learned, I've grown, of course. Um, but at the core, you know, when I was a coach, uh, I, I run my school very much like I, I ran my, my football team, um, you know, as a football and AD. And of course, you know, being in that position, I, I always worked collaboratively with our band directors and, and I was always interested in how they, they built their culture and how they ran their team. And then, um, you know, just being a principal and, and supporting all of those areas of, of excellence in academics, athletics, and the arts. Uh, every time we have a gold event, which is a school-wide event that students use their gold cards to buy their way into, we always have activities centered around the arts, the athletics, and academics to, to meet the needs of all of those students. Um, when I was a principal at Edisto High School, we, we, had, we lacked a lot of um, student support for those areas. So, you know, I, I bought t-shirts. We started a student section for our football games, anything to get uh, students excited about supporting other students. Um, as a principal, everywhere I've been, I've always tried to help steer our students into something that they can connect with with the school. Because if they're connected to something, they're gonna be more successful. Um, but a lot of times you have to, you know, you have to show them um, what to get excited about. You know, a lot of kids will say that's 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 lame or that's not cool. And I'm like, wait a minute, we decide. This is our school. We decide what's cool and what's not. And this is cool. Let's go. <laughs> and and you've actually done that at Sand Hills. I think you've really worked hard to expand opportunities um, for kids. Do you want to talk about a couple of the things that you've done? Well, the first thing that we did is install and, and came up with a color guard. It's kind of like our guardian of the flag. Um, you know, we, we had a we had a flag and it was up and it never came down and it just it looked ratty. I'm like, first, we're going to get some new flags and we're going to get a new flag that's got our got our brand and our logo on it as well. Um, and then we're going to have people trained that that respect the flag and know how to put it up and, and take it down. Um, but it. When we started this years ago at another school, we found that it really morphed into um, kind of a, a tier two intervention because some of the students that struggled in the classroom, they just weren't connected. Um, so we got them involved in something. We start building some leadership skills along with taking care of the flag. And before you know it, we, we had a marching and we're presenting flags at assemblies and uh, they're dressed to the nines and they're, they're excited about um, um, what their, their service for the school. And, and I think there was some um, 
I don't know if it's Avid or some other things I think that you are starting up. Um, we don't do Avid here. I've been a part of an Avid school before. Um, we, we do have a, a advisory class. We call it a PAWS class. It stands for PBIS, um, Advisement, Well-Informed and Service. So, you know, traditionally in a school that may look like a homeroom class. And sometimes our teachers still call it homeroom. I'm like, it's, it's pause. It's bigger than a homeroom. We've got a purpose and, and mission in there. Um, but we use that, that as our home base for PBIS. We also uh, do our new show and announcements th through that class. Um, and then we have students that, uh, that serve and adopted areas around the school. Uh, just recently, we just finished a tree project. We had a um, collaboration of three classes that uh, recognized that we had, uh, I think it was about 12 Bradford pears in the front of our school. Well, as you may know, they're kind of frowned upon now environmentally. So we got, got to work with the district and, and wrote a plan and the district came in and cut the trees out. And, and uh, we just got the redbud uh, plants in the ground and, and now they're, they're watering them every day. So just adopting areas around the school so that they can, they can serve. Okay. And PBIS is a big thing in a lot of schools. And unfortunately, I've seen it done what I would say poorly executed or not fully executed. Um, so I think one of the things that happens is PBIS goes, it, it doesn't go deep enough uh, the way it's executed in some schools. And what happens is the kids that already have, you know, behave well are the ones getting all the rewards and getting reinforced. And they don't get to that tier where they're really doing serious supports for the kids that do struggle. So can you talk about how you reach those other kids and how, how you put every kid in position to succeed and to get those rewards? Um, sure. Certainly um, PBIS in my understanding, you know, is, is designed for the 80% of the students uh, to acknowledge their work, but you have to go further and you have to make sure that you're identifying that other 20%. Uh, the first thing that we do, obviously, um, with, the, with the incentives that are in place, but we also have consequences because a lot of people think PBIS is just all the fun stuff and the good stuff. It has no consequences to it, but it absolutely does. One of the things that we do um, when I trained our staff is we created systems that uh, uh, in, encouraged positive behaviors, but also systems that discourage negative behaviors. And one of those that we created is uh, inter behavior intervention Fridays. So we have on Fridays, if students have uh, um, lost privileges due to a classroom violation, typically the more minor offenses, um, then they, they lose social time with friends. And not only are they losing that time, it's not detention, it's behavior intervention. Uh, we train our teachers to be a behavior coach on each team, to talk about those behaviors, to talk about um, you know, plans for um, making sure that they make corrections there. A lot of times, you know, students may need, need mentors. We have, some, we have some students that come in and, and talk with them and do some peer mediation as well. So you have to have those, those systems. Again, it goes back to a connection, finding the connection for the student. Um, as students begin to uh, struggle to meet our social norms of the school, we tend to find out um, what they need. And usually they have a, a, a teacher that I can connect them with, that they connect with, and they can go on a check-in and check-out 
a system where they're they're checking in every day and and out every day with a, a mentor, a, another teacher in the building or a staff member in the building that that they can connect with. We have cafeteria staff that mentor students. We have an SRO that does it. Obviously, our teachers. Um, one case last year, um, it was Miss um, uh, Bullock, our receptionist in the main office. So, uh, creating check in and check out supports are important. Um, we have in other schools. We have not here, but. Uh, um, formalized a um, behavior class where they would actually go into a school within a school uh, with, to get the supports that they need before returning back to um, the normal population. So those are just a few. Yeah, I appreciate that emphasis too on on learning, right? Because kids kids are growing into adulthood, and if and teaching those replacement behaviors so that, um, you know, they can make those good decisions and, and I think communicate more effectively is really key and, and how you're incorporating many members of the school community into it, not just teachers. Yeah. PPIS really can be just summed up, you know, the behavior intervention part of it real simple. I mean, it's, you know, if the student struggles in reading, we know what to do. You know, we, we have all of the data and all of the, tools to, to teach the student how to read better. Um, the behavior is the same. You have to reteach those behaviors. Um, and, and, you know, I, I tell our teachers all the time, you know, how do I be a behavior coach? Well, most of us are, are parents at this point. It's really about being another parent, you know, and having those tough conversations with them to kind of change behavior. We know consequences don't change behavior. Relationships do. Trust does. And that's, that's what we try to try to do. It, so do, have you had situations where teachers, um, I guess, angry and frustrated, and I think sometimes teachers, they talk about discipline, what, what they really want is retribution, because they're angry and they're hurt. And how do you deal with that situation? Well, teachers are human, students are human. Um, I, I try to teach my my, my teachers, I'm going to treat you exactly the way I want you to treat your student. Um, teachers sometimes will get um, real frustrated with minor things and they want to write a student up all the time. And then sometimes I'll just have to remind that teacher, you know, um, you're, you're writing a student up for being, being late, you know, to your class and you're, you're giving them behavior intervention, you're doing office referrals. Do you remember you know, whenever it was where, when you were late to school, what, what did I do? Um, they said, you, you came and checked on me, make sure I was all right. Cause I'm, I'm not normally late, but you know, you wanted to make sure I was okay. Cause you were worried about me. And I'm like, well, we need to have some of that grace to our students too. Cause they're probably going through a lot more than, than, than you were that morning when you were late. So mm-hmm. it's really about just making it real um, that we're not, different just because we have degrees and we have mortgages we're all dealing with something and we're all going through stuff and we have to have that grace and with the students you know you know I'm a big believer in when I do discipline with students is you know last thing I ask them because again consequences don't change behavior I said what are we going to do to make this right you know you're going back in her class tomorrow what are we going to do to make this right because we got to get past it um so that helps I think when students We'll try to make it right with the teacher. The teacher will see that they're making an effort and, and, and they, it's a two-way street. And 
I like it because I think sometimes when we just administer, administer consequences in a way, in a way we're letting the student off the hook. Because if, if I'm having a conflict with that teacher and I don't want to be in there and we just say, here's your consequence, and maybe it's not being in the classroom, I'm, I'm off the hook. And the same thing then with, with us to just administer an easy consequence, that lets us off the hook. But what you're talking about is really being fully engaged with the student. And if we're going to remove a student from class, then we're going to hold them accountable. But we're also going to be accountable for making the effort to, as you said, make that right and get them back on track. Yeah, absolutely. So as we as we start to wrap this up, um, could you cover maybe, I don't know, three to five kind of key practices or key mindsets to building the positive school culture? Yeah, I would say number one, it's building a community of positive relationships. It all starts there. Uh, just like I said earlier about that thank you initiative that builds community and capacity. Uh, certainly, um, leadership is, is, is very important. Um, um, culture is going to be built one way or the other. Uh, the leaders need to be involved in it. Uh, it's not something that you can assign to somebody else. And you've got this committee over here that's going to be a part of building strong culture or building your community. You've got to do it. Um, I think building that community also, you have to give a voice to your people. Uh, they don't always get a vote, but they always have a voice. I don't always have a, a vote, uh, but I always, <laughs> always want to share my, my voice. Um, with building that community, um, communication is, is huge. You, you can't build communi community, I don't think, if you don't communicate well. Um, that's one thing that, that they've appreciated, I think, about me is, you know, I'm very transparent now and I'm going to communicate. Um, and again, given that voice, um, we have PBIS committees. Most schools have a PBIS committee. We have multiple committees and every person in our building is on a committee. Uh, they have choice in how they want to serve in which area. Um, we have a you know, student committee, we have a staff committee, um, we have a, an MTSS uh, leadership committee, um, we have a public relations committee, and we have a systems and data committee. So they have choice on where they want to do, but I think all of that builds to, to community. The second thing I would say is consistency. Um, no matter how great you build something, if you can't stay consistent, it's not going to work. If we've got uh, one teacher that has different expectations than other teachers, it's not going to be successful. Uh, we have school-wide expectations and, uh, for our students, and we have school-wide expectations for our staff, and we have to be consistent in holding everyone accountable for that. Uh, those those expectations are our social norms. They're not board policy. They're not all these things that, that lawyers talk about. It's just how we want our school to operate, and we have to hold each other accountable for that. Um, and then kind of, again, goes into building community, but again, I said it earlier, it's all about recognition. We've got to provide recognition uh, for our students and staff to, to build that positive culture. Cool. So those are, recap those again for me. So it was um, community, community, consistency, and, and positive acknowledgement. Okay. Communication. All right. 
Excellent. So as we wrap this up, I have three more questions for you. First, what part of your own leadership are you still trying to get better at? I think instructional leadership. Um, I'm, I'm never um, feel like I'm as strong there as I, I can be. I think early in my career, um, being a physical education teacher and you know, not not being a core teacher, I really worked hard at being an instructional leader in my building. Um, when I moved to the high school, things are so busy and you've got all these department heads and you got all these people. And I kind of took a back seat to that for a while. Um, and now coming coming back to Sand Hills Middle School and you know, moving through COVID and all of a sudden your instructional, what instructional leader um, was started looking very, very differently. I'd never been a virtual school principal and I was a virtual school principal for seemed like two years. Um, and then I'm challenged. I've got a very strong and, and instructional coach who, who challenges me. Um, so that's, that's something I'm still working on. And if leaders could take just one thing away from today's podcast, what would it be? I just think positive relationships, positive acknowledgements, just going out of your way to do the right thing, um, to say kind words, to be, you know, be a resource to someone, to to follow through, I mean, commit to something. You know, leadership is in the details. I know we have to, you know, be really, really big picture in the jobs that we do. Um, but just like we ask our teachers to find the good in the classrooms and acknowledge the good, we've got to be very in tune to the details because we can we can miss things very easily. And culture is it's it's hard to hard to build it uh it, it's easy to lose it and yeah. uh if you if you don't pay attention to the signs okay anything else that you'd like to share no i, I appreciate the opportunity uh, it's great great talking with you and uh if anybody out there that, that wants to hear more please uh reach out share my information i'm i'm, I'm a teacher at heart so um, I, again, I do a lot of PBIS presentations and have made very little money doing it. I just enjoy. <laughs> so do you want to share your email or how, how, what's the best way people can contact yeah. you? Uh, B Coleman at Lexington4.net. Again, that's B is in Brad Coleman, C-O-L-E-M-A-N at Lexington, the number four dot net. Okay, great. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. All right. Well, if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and rate this podcast. I'm always trying to improve the show. So if you have feedback from me, please email me at frederick at frederickbuskey.com. If you'd like more content tailored towards the needs of assistant principals, you can head over to my website at frederickbuskey.com. That wraps up today's show. And I'm Frederick Buskey, and I hope you'll join me next time for the assistant principal podcast.